Last night, conservative commentator Michael Knowles was giving a presentation he titled Men Are Not Women. The presentation had to do with trans and feminism issues. At some point, a protester wearing a mask sprayed him with some kind of chemical that they believed to be bleach, but later determined just smelled like bleach. The protester was arrested. This is just one example of how contentious the conversation around trans rights has become. Many people on the left say simply having the conversation denies the existence of trans people. But in order to determine how and when people are protected, we have to have the conversation. At a local level, we're seeing a protest at a high school in Omaha, Nebraska, where female students are upset because a male student who now identifies as female is using the female bathrooms and they feel this violates their privacy. If we want to figure out how and when to implement protections, we have to have the conversation because there is data and there is nuance here. Today, let's take a look at exactly what happened with Michael Knowles, as well as this protest in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Virtual Shield, who helps make this podcast possible. Virtual Shield is a virtual private network service that can protect your data from prying eyes as you browse the web. You can find out way more at hidewithtim.com, but essentially... There are people like hackers, there are governments, corporations that want to track and even steal your data, and a virtual private network like Virtual Shield can help keep that data safe. Now, we don't expect people to break into our homes, but we put locks on our doors and windows anyway. The same is true for the internet. It makes sense to have that simple layer of defense. So if you're interested, go to hidewithtim.com and you can get 40% off with their Easter special today. But now, back to the story. Our first story from the Daily Wire. Daily Wire's Knowles sprayed with bleach-like substance by SJW protester during speech at University of Missouri, KC. Speaking at the University of Missouri, Kansas City on Thursday night, the Daily Wire's Michael Knowles was attacked by a masked protester who used a super soaker to fire liquid at him that appeared to be glitter-colored bleach. Police later said that the liquid merely smelled like bleach. Knowles' speech was titled simply, Men Are Not Women. Hecklers consistently interrupted Knowles and yelled at him, prompting Knowles to respond, I know you're so oppressed, my dears. I know. Life is so hard for you. You have to live in the richest, most equitable, most just country in the history of the world. You have to get a college education. You have to voluntarily go to lectures. It's so awful, I can't imagine. Knowles told the Daily Wire, the topic of my lecture was, men are not women. Apparently, this plain fact was so offensive to some leftist thugs that one of them decided to shoot me in the face and side with a super soaker full of what appeared to be glitter-colored bleach. At first, I just thought it was paint because of the color and smell. I was later told it was bleach. Police now say that the substance merely smelled like bleach. This is what conservatives on campus are up against. This is the kind of violence conservatives on campus stand to face if they state plain facts and refuse to kowtow to leftist fantasy. Video emerged on Twitter of the attack taking place, where you can see this masked individual was then promptly arrested. We should never tolerate violence or attacks on other people when they're having a debate or engaging in a conversation. Now, the left feels this isn't a debate because trans people exist and you shouldn't be allowed to question whether or not they do. But the reality is there is nuance. At what level do we grant protections? To anybody who just says they are trans? To people who have undergone some kind of therapy? Who have undergone hormone treatment? Or who have gotten surgery? Where's the line? We really have to talk about it. Otherwise, you will see people who are not allowed to talk about it resort to other means. Now, this story is much more local, but because of that, I feel it's extremely important. From NBC6 News in Omaha, Nebraska, 
Transgender rights clash prompts walkout at C.B. Abraham Lincoln High. The story says a clash over transgender students' rights reached a boiling point at a Council Bluffs high school Thursday as two groups of students walked out of Abraham Lincoln High to have their say on the use of the school's restrooms. The walkout was triggered by a female student who believes her privacy is being invaded by a student who recently began identifying as a girl. At around 10.30 a.m., students started leaving the building. They separated into two groups. A group of approximately 20 girls started chanting for privacy in the restrooms, saying they don't want boys transitioning into being girls to be in the restroom with men. Now, the story frames it this way, but actually the quote from one of the girls, it's actually a little bit more complicated than that. They add, another group of approximately 40 students chanted in favor of the rights for transgender students to use whichever restroom they feel comfortable with. Student Alana Owen said, we felt very uncomfortable with a male who's not doing anything to be transgender going into the female restrooms. Student Brandy Sherlin said, I believe if you have the male parts, you go to the male's bathroom. And if you have the female parts, you go to a ladies room. And that's just the way I was raised. Atop a hill, the other group chanted transgender support. They were too far away to be able to speak with them, but they held signs in solidarity and said they have the law on their side. The superintendent for the district said, according to the U.S. Department of Education, which Iowa has adopted that same language and is now part of our state law, our students who are transitioning into a new gender have the right to use the restroom that they identify. So it is our obligation to allow that to occur. Now, according to the Department of Education website, this is absolutely true. Title IX protects all students, including LGBTQ students. One of the most important issues that needs to be talked about is determining at what point someone is transgender. According to most laws, You can just say you are and you are granted these protections. You may use whichever bathroom or facility you choose. This is why these young girls are upset and why they're protesting. They feel this individual isn't doing anything to transition and thus it's making them uncomfortable. But should that matter? Should their comfortability or privacy trump state law? There is no requirement in most places for someone to undergo any kind of therapy, hormone treatment or surgery. And Vox.com writes about this in a series dealing with myths having to do with trans people. This story, myth number five, all trans people medically transition. They say not everyone who is transgender prioritizes or desires procedures, such as hormone therapy or gender affirming surgeries required for a full medical transition. While some undergo medical transitions for cosmetic, psychological, or health reasons, many won't because they can't afford it, face some other obstacle, or simply don't want to. Some but not all trans people require but can't access medical care. They may, for instance, suffer from severe gender dysphoria, a state of emotional distress caused by how someone's body or the gender they were assigned at birth conflicts with their gender identity. This condition, the American Medical Association noted in a 2008 resolution, can lead to distress, dysfunction, debilitating depression, and for some people without access to appropriate medical care and treatment, suicidality and death. But the AMA and the American Psychiatric Association say it can be treated by letting someone transition without significant barriers and social stigma. In my conversation with Jack Dorsey on the Joe Rogan podcast, the reason he said they protect trans people is to try and prevent suicide, that bullying can lead to people taking their lives. And I think most people recognize that is a really, really bad thing we want to avoid. But the conversation is complicated. If a bunch of young girls at a school also feel distressed and are upset over a change, which group do we protect? the biological females who want to feel safe and comfortable, or the trans individual? Do the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? Or does the marginalized group, depending on how marginalized they are, get preferential treatment in this circumstance? The question is simply, 
which group deserves to have protection, biological females or trans individuals? Now, to bring some criticism to Vox in their series, they have this story from November 14th, 2018. Myth number three, letting trans people use the bathroom or locker room matching their gender identity is dangerous. They say, transgender people generally prefer using the bathroom or locker room that matches their gender identity, not the one that corresponds with the gender they were assigned at birth. But conservative critics argue that this could expose others to sexual voyeurism and assault in bathrooms or locker rooms, even though there's no evidence to support this claim. Unfortunately for Vox, they didn't do a good job of fact-checking this because this is actually not true. If you want to argue that trans people are the most vulnerable and not likely to attack people, then yes, by all means argue that. But what people tend to miss in this conversation is that there are unintended consequences to these laws. While many people assumed that passing laws protecting trans people would result in transgender people using the bathroom they prefer, in actuality, it's causing businesses just to consolidate bathrooms into single gender areas. In fact, just a few months before this story, the left-leaning independent said, unisex changing rooms put women at danger of sexual assault, data reveals. They say, the vast majority of reported sexual assaults at public swimming pools in the UK take place in unisex changing rooms, new statistics reveal. The data, obtained through a freedom of information request by the Sunday Times, suggests that unisex changing rooms are more dangerous for women and girls than single-sex facilities. Just under 90% of complaints regarding changing room sexual assaults, voyeurism, and harassment are about incidents in unisex facilities. What's more, two-thirds of all sexual assaults at leisure centers and public swimming pools take place in unisex changing rooms. The story says unisex facilities account for less than half the changing areas across the UK, but the number is on the rise. Doing away with separate male and female changing rooms and toilets is seen as a way to cut staff costs and better cater for transgender people. Whether or not you want to trust the Sunday Times or the Independent is entirely up to you, but at least we can say there is one source, especially a left-leaning source, saying that data does exist. This would absolutely counter the claim that there's no evidence. However, Vox points to Media Matters, saying experts from 12 states that protect trans rights have thoroughly refuted this talking point. In the U.S., there's not a single reported instance of this kind of voyeurism occurring in states with legal protections for trans people. Yes, if you have gender-segregated bathrooms and trans people use them, you're probably going to be fine because trans people are actually a relatively small portion of the population, and you'd probably not see that many problems. In the story from the U.K., we're seeing the consolidation of changing areas, locker rooms, shower rooms, etc. to accommodate many trans people and cut costs. But this results in people who are not trans being in close proximity to each other, and thus assaults are going up. It's an unintended consequence of these new laws. But that doesn't mean we don't see trans people actually being accused of committing crimes. This story from October 9th, 2018. Feds probing transgender policy, alleged assault. And this story is from Education Week. The story says the investigation comes after a parent claimed their daughter was sexually assaulted in a girl's restroom at a Decatur City Elementary School by a male student who identified as gender fluid, according to a September 14th letter from the federal agency to an attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom, a conservative Christian organization that has opposed transgender student policies and helped file the Georgia complaint. The story was also picked up by NBC News, and they added a quote, we are aware of the unfounded allegations made by the Alliance Defending Freedom, the district said. We fully disagree with their characterization of the situation and are addressing it with the Office of Civil Rights. 
That's an anecdote. It's one accusation. It's one investigation that may or may not be true. And naturally, partisans are piling on one side or the other, with many people saying it's unfounded and others saying it's a serious threat. But the reality is, you're going to hear stories about these anecdotes. They're going to happen. But at least one story from The Independent shows that the unintended consequences of creating single-sex bathrooms can be an increase in assaults. I think it's important to point out that a lot of people will highlight anecdotes individuals who are trans winning certain sporting events and saying this proves there are issues while simultaneously ignoring the events that trans people lose. But at the very least, you have to recognize, even with this story from Georgia, where the accusation was made, you will see people around the country upset. And in this instance, 20 or so girls protesting, and they're probably going to cite stories like this as to why they're upset. The solution then is conversation, open dialogue, data, and research. There will be a debate. People will fight vigorously on both sides. But certainly you can't show up to an event where a conservative is speaking and spray them with some kind of stinky chemical. You then end up with videos like this, breaking video, one person injured following protest at event hosted by conservative group Young Americans for Freedom. According to guest speaker Michael Knowles, a student threw bleach at him and he was arrested. But this, of course, is the video that's going to be shared without context to many people. Of course, the context is appropriate here, but I assure you many people on the left are going to see this and believe the police are just shutting down protest without considering the full context that this individual sprayed an unknown chemical substance at a speaker for disagreeing. Whatever the reason for having gender segregated bathrooms is, we have to contend with one issue that there are biological females who don't necessarily feel safe in their most intimate place when there are biological males around. And although we may want to protect the most marginalized communities, we cannot sacrifice another community for the benefit of another. The question is, do the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or does being marginalized more than anyone else guarantee you special protections under the law? And that's a question that needs to be discussed, hopefully, without getting sprayed with bleach. But let me know what you think in the comments below, and we will keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Minds at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. Eastern. And I'll have more videos for you on my second channel, youtube.com slash TimCastNews, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.